Hey everyone, how's it going? Tim and here. Hope you guys have a wonderful Monday. I can't wait to join you on this Monday progression. Big Monday energy coming your way. I wanted to just briefly let you know some big stuff's happening. So this episode is going to be a little different. So let's just sit back, strap in, and let's rage. What's up, friends? Tim in here. Hope you guys are doing good. Having a wonderful Monday. I'm having a wonderful Monday. I can tell you that right now, right here. 100%. It's going to be a rager, and I'm here to rage for it. Eli, or sorry. (laughs) Allison's here with me. Uh, I'm going to tell you a a story about Eli, but I was going to say Lincoln, he's not here with us right now. He's gone. He has not been taken by the global elites. He's been taken by the local elites. <laughs> They're much, much worse. I think cicadas are bad, let me tell you. No, uh, he's hanging out with family this, this evening, and I told him, hey, Lincoln, let me tell you something. Let me, just, let me just give it to you real quick straight here. Let me do the podcast today. You go hang out with your family. It's going to be a win-win situation. So Lincoln said, okay, let's do it. So, yeah, Lincoln's hanging out. I'm doing the podcast, and... Um, it's going to be a little bit different than, than what we've done in the past. Isn't that right, Allison? How so? How Tell so? me. That's, a, that's such a good question. Yeah. So one of the things I've been thinking about doing is using this podcast or the Timon Podcast Network um, to record different stories of my life. In, in a storytelling fashion, I think it's good to get better at talking and telling stories and conveying information and also i think that there's times when i'm like oh man what what was that one thing that i did or what happened here what happened there so in 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 some ways i want to capture my memories and have them recorded for forever like an audio scrapbook yeah like an audio scrapbook or yeah like an audio audio memory oh yeah yeah scrapbook's good great way and um and then in the future when we do connect with all technology and become one with it I will have these memories for forever. They're already built in. Yeah. I definitely have COVID documented. (laughs) (laughs) Like the nth detail. Lincoln and I have COVID. Hours and hours and hours of COVID uh, uh, content. Now you have to go back through the rest of your life. Now I have to go back through the rest. Yeah, exactly. That's going to be a long time. So, yeah, I thought we kind of written down, or I had brainstormed a couple ideas with, with Allison, and she said, well, why don't you tell me this story? And so I think that's the story I'm going to tell today. And that's the story of Eli, which I kind of allude to at the start. So yeah, let's, uh, Allison, let me tell you where it all started. <laughs> it started when I was young. I was super young. My parents moved to Goshen. We were looking for a church. And we went to this place called Zion Chapel. Mm-hmm. Big old, big old building, kind of out in the cornfield across from like a, a county fair. And we set the scene. So we went there for a while, like well, pretty much all of my elementary school, I went to this church. And that's where I met Eli, playing carpet ball in the back room of the youth room right after service. If you know what carpet ball is, do you know what carpet ball is? I don't actually know. Oh, okay. So carpet ball is where you take a couple different pool balls and it's a almost like a, a wooden trough and they put carpet on it 
and there's one person on one side and there's another person on the other. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and you throw these little like pool balls at each other and try to knock their balls Ball into in. the pocket yeah. before they knock yours in. So hand-eye coordination, a lot of fun. It was the 90s. What are you going to do? Okay, this is all coming back to me now. I definitely know what carpet ball is. <laughs> it's like a 90s thing for Such sure. Such a 90s, yeah. yeah. I still play car- carpet ball to this day. I was at camp last year, and I dominated this year. <laughs> I'm going to be at camp. I'm going to hopefully dominate as well. So, um, Yeah, so carpet ball. So that's what we did, and we became buddies. I, get, I actually think I became friends with a lot of my friends at carpet ball. Like uh, Just early after childhood church. friends. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, church friends were kind of how I made friends. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So that's... Um, that's kind of how we met. We did a bunch of little things. We were we were buddies. Went to Sunday school together, birthday parties, friend group. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you do outside of like birthday parties and stuff? Yeah, so we <laughs> started a comic book crew. We drew comic books and got together and drew superheroes. I was an awful drawler. Um. I couldn't draw at all. Like a stick figure. You've seen me draw, I think. And it's <laughs> yeah. pretty rough. But Allison and I, we play these like jack-in-the-box games where like, y- you know, one of them is you're like, supposed to add artwork and stuff. And in this, it's called Jack-in-the-box. And so there's like a ton of different games you can play. There's different ones that like lying, who has the best lie, or h- how good are you at flirting with other monsters, or there's all these games. And then there's a drawing one. And I'll never be able to win the drawing one. They're beautiful. You're so creative, though. So no, I just add genitalia to all of my <laughs> pictures because I can't draw and I can crudely draw that. And that sometimes gets me points. That's like what I go for. It gets for. the laughs. It gets the laughs. And so they laugh at me and they don't pity me as much. <laughs> so, yeah. It's, what, it's like strategy, really. I learned it from my younger brother. He's really good at <laughs> drawing things on trucks. So, um, yeah, so... Yeah, so I would I would go over there and draw. I remember we we had this like comic book crew that we'd do stuff, and I I really didn't do much other than hang out with them. Uh, but one time he invited me to hang out for the day. Went over to his house, and he lived over by the high school in Goshen. So Goshen's not a huge town, but it's not small either. There's you know twenty thirty thousand people in this, and you got neighborhoods on one side or the other, and if you were to walk across Goshen from one side to the other, it would probably take a couple hours. And that's what I did that day. <laughs> <laughs> we went on a walk. He had met this girl and he tried to set me up with uh, her friend and she lived on one side of town. We lived on the other. We went to Pizza Hut and it was basically me following along Eli and this girl, his girlfriend and they're holding hands and it was really gross. And How old were you? Oh, ugh. Probably middle school, I think. I remember having a pimple feeling great <laughs> yeah. about myself. So I really think it might have been middle school. I mean, it was it was kind of it was um, not traumatizing. It was just I was like frustrated. I felt like it was a waste of a day, low key. Like mm-hmm. didn't know these girls. I didn't ever want to hang out with them again. I don't think I think he stopped dating her after that one time, and we just literally walked around kind of the sketchier parts of Goshen. As middle schoolers, just walked and walked and walked. And that was my day. Mm. It was kind of an adventure because I remember, like I said, I remember Pizza Hut. I remember going to this girl's house and like, um, this is not how I live. (laughs) (laughs) It's got a little rundown, a little rough. And uh, um, I felt really uncomfortable. And I didn't know, well, really where I was at. 
or how to get back to anywhere. So I just had to write it out, which oh, low key yeah. was like a good thing to learn. Yeah, like pretty young too. You gotta yeah. just write it out. Yeah. Like sometimes things happen, and you just gotta strap in and go for it. Like you don't want to accelerate down the wrong path, right? But sometimes you're in a situation, and you're like, okay, I'm I'm here for it. You were there just to figure out what was going yeah. on. Yeah. So that that was. That was interesting. So I, I remember that. Um, and then through uh, middle school, we're we're buddies. We switched churches. And I think that's, we still hung out, but not as frequently. Now, I had other buddies who would went to church with me and who were also homeschooled. Eli was not homeschooled. So that also kind of added a little different thing to it. Like, he would come and hang out, but he, he didn't really, like, he hung out with homeschoolers. And he was friends with a lot of homeschoolers because a lot of his friends were homeschooled. But he also was part of public school and so like we weren't always in the same circles so in high school we kind of lost touch mm -hmm. didn't hang out as much um though uh, <laughs> i told you this story already but um he did call me one time to help him figure out how to to he had this laptop and he was like hey can you tell me how to i forgot my password i can't i'm unlocked out so i tried to help him out i knew some tech stuff i liked computers and he he's like oh i don't know computers Come to find out, he had um, taken a couple computers from the computer lab and was trying to like break them open and use them and then maybe even sell them so. to make some money off. To make some money some off stolen of computers. Yeah, a little high school Eli. So I didn't realize that. So I may or may not have been helping him in a, <laughs> in a problem. So um, yeah. So it's interesting too. Like when you're younger, when I was younger, Eli was just a buddy. But as you get older. You see, so he came from a family. He, I don't think he even really knew his dad, or he didn't know his dad very well. And there was some, maybe some dark stuff that happened with his dad. And so I think that affected him. Well, it did. It did affect him a lot. It really affected who he is as a person. And I think he was doing struggling with it, with his identity, who he is, and he has a hard time looking at himself. And I don't know now. I haven't really talked to him for a long time, but he's he's struggled with a lot of different things. And when you're young, you don't realize it. Like he's just a little, he's just a little buddy. And I don't think you realize it as a young person either. If you've been through trauma, you know, if you've been through stuff, it's just kind of the world you're living in. As you get older, it starts to manifest a little bit more. And I think he felt maybe a little alienated because, um, I mean, we're all homeschooled, and and then maybe the kids at high school he didn't really connect with, and that pushed into college and after high school for him and college for me um <clears throat> he 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 lived with me in college didn't go to college but he lived with me and there was a time where i had to kick him out of the house that wasn't very fun um i had to call my buddy and say hey uh i need him out of here he will not leave can you come and then he came and just he, we grabbed all of his stuff put in the car and he was just crying um that's, that got a little dark real fast. <laughs> but the, that's kind of... there It's just kind of his personality. It, it started to manifest itself in that way. Like he was just... He just felt like there was nothing he could do right. And he also... Um, like he just took, took that guilt, that victim with him everywhere he went. Like it was always everyone else's problem. It was never his. And there may be some legitimacy to that because he did come from a rough place. But um, a lot of the stuff he would do, he kind of brought it on himself. And that, it's unfortunate, you know? And it's like, 
I wanted to help him. Probably and he very a, hard to watch. Very hard to watch. And I had a lot of friends who wanted to help him too. And there's a lot of friends who he would stay at their house and hang out with them. And there were some great times. We had some great times. We were floating in a pool, in a little pool out in Winona Lake. We, we went and got a pool uh, from Dollar General for like five bucks. Blew it up in the park. And then the little Winona Park, you know where the splash pad is mm-hmm. at Grace and stuff. Um, there's this little like park down in Winona Lake and we blew it up there and then got in it and then just sat in the pool for like all day. I had like drinks in a cooler in the <laughs> middle and just like laid out. Um, I told you this too, that one time I, we drank, uh, MD 2020, just the worst. Crappy like, gas station wine. Yeah. Crappy <laughs> gas station wine on the 4th of July up on top of our, our, uh, our rental house just on the on the roof just sat there and just sipped it and talked and hung out like there's some good times mm-hmm. but there's some really really bad times and i mean he helped me grow as an individual he helped me grow as a person which is good i learned how to to deal with situations and know you know like even before i knew what boundaries were i knew he was crossing boundaries and doing stuff that was hurting me and so i had to start putting up rules in place and when I started putting up rules in place, he felt like I was like hating him. But in reality, he was just hurting me. And so for us to be like coexist, I needed to have like, yo, if you cross this line, like this is no more. Like you are hurting me now at this point. Mm-hmm. A way to differentiate yourself in a way, kind of. Yeah. And, and I was, you're deciding who you're going to be and you don't want to be a part of it. Yeah. And he kept on pulling me into things that I was not wanting to participate in um and i and there was things that he did and he knew i would not be, not be happy about and he would just lie about it until six months later when like gets out like then he has to go and tell me the truth and he was always sorry but like there's times he hurt me because he wouldn't tell me the truth and it's like dude you're messing with my life at this point you you can't be doing this so that was really tough to deal with in a time where i was already struggling with a lot of stuff i was junior senior year of college and that was one of the darker timelines of the timid timeline <laughs> mm-hmm. and so um i think if i was in a much healthier place now it would be a totally different story i mean he he's older now and he has more experience and, and wisdom hopefully um and so hopefully we won't have to walk through this path again but um not only did he hurt me he hurt, he hurt a lot of our friends I stole from friends um lied to friends and uh, I mean, our listener James, not going to tell James's story, but James has had experiences and he can kind of attest to some stuff that he had to deal with with Eli. And so, but I saw him a couple of years ago um, and we, we actually got to get food and, and chat and a wife. Um, they vape. <laughs> <laughs> he had done some cool things at that point. Yeah, he is homesteading in California somewhere. So, mm-hmm. but. I, I, I say he, I don't know if I, I don't know what to believe when he talks to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know if anyone else has that friend or something. When they say something, they say something. You've, you've heard them say all the right things for so long, but you see their life. And so it's hard because you like, you don't want to, I don't want to look at Eli and say, this is who Eli is and will always be. Mm-hmm. But I also can't lie to myself and say, this person, even though they've done this thing so many times, they're not going to do it again. 
because that's dumb because you will get hurt because in my experience with the Eli, he will tell you, I will never do this again and then do it again the next day. And so like where the trust was gone after a while. Mm -hmm. And so that shifted the friendship when you can't trust someone. It's, it's hard to be friends with them. And yeah, I don't know. That was a lesson I learned in, in college with Eli is, is like, you know, I can't trust this person. I mean, even though I grew up with him and he was one of my, my better buddies growing up, I, I just can't trust him because I've seen it over and over and over again. And I love these aspects of him. And these aspects, these negative aspects aren't all him, but there's so much of it that's intertwined that I can't really be a part of this right now mm-hmm. and step away. So, yeah, story of Eli, that's a little sad. Yeah. I hope he's doing good. I really do. I talked to his parents and they don't know what he's doing. They haven't talked to him for a couple of years either. So, um, so yeah, I have no clue what he's doing. So, yeah, that's the story of Eli. Yeah, homie and got to watch his life progression and he helped me grow. And I hope he's growing. Yeah. So, and I, I do want to say, like, if you are, if you've seen that person in your life, like, one, someone is doing something that's negative and consequence consequences in your life you don't have to put up with it for forever you put boundaries down that's a really good thing but two that person everyone can change i really believe that eli can be whoever he wants to be um i don't want him to paint him in this negative light that he's always like a liar stealer cheater um those are things you've done but those are things i've done too you mm-hmm. know and you can change you can be a better person um and that that does happen time changes Will I will I automatically trust him when I next see him? No, but I'm not going to pull up those negative things. I'm going to say, hey, bro, listen to my podcast, <laughs> Story of Eli. Oh, and also, uh, back to our regular programming tomorrow with Tim and Lincoln Show. Bye.